بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم ما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for granting us the tawfiq, for giving us health, wealth, all of the different ni'mas that he's blessed us with, the capability to come to one of his masajid and fulfill the commandments that he has put upon our shoulders. While we know there are people throughout the world going through great amounts of difficulty who do not even have the capability to go to a masjid, who are remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but are being patient in this time. So we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He gives them patience, istiqamah, perseverance, and strength. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and beg to Him that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps us with goodness, with afiyah, wellness, good health, wealth, and all of the ni'mas that He's blessing us with. And truly we can never do justice to the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Himself tells us, when in ta'uddu ni'mat Allah la tuqsuha if you tried your best to count all of the ni'mas and blessings that Allah has given you, you wouldn't be able to do so. That doesn't mean that we should not try, but the fact is that there are so many blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every single second of our lives, that we can never do it justice to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The least we can do is to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these times. The least we can do is obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to avoid the prohibitions, to fulfill the commandments and the injunctions that he has put on our shoulders. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always calls us back to him. Allah wants us to turn towards him. This is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very happy about. In one hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa paints a picture for us. He says, there was this man, he had a conveyance, a camel in the desert, and there is a portion of the desert where it's absolutely barren. There's just sand as far as you can see. The horizon is filled with sand. Anywhere you look, there's only sand. There's a sky in the sand. So there's this Bedouin or this traveler. He's on his camel, his conveyance. He has his food, his provisions, his water. <clears throat> Usually the case is when someone is traveling like that, they only have enough food and necessities to get them to their destination. They won't carry more than that. And they have to memorize their route and how to get to their place that they're going. So in this one hadith, Nabi Wasallam paints a picture for us that there is such a person, he's traveling. He has all of his goods, he has his camel. And he takes a break, he takes a break. He finds a small shrub, he takes shade by that shrub. And he assumes that he ties his camel down. He takes a brief nap. When he wakes up, he sees the camel's gone. That camel is his lifeline. He cannot travel without that camel. The food that he needs, the water that he requires to survive is on the camel, it's gone. Not having a camel in that situation is like he's, he's dead already. So he loses all hope. He's searching frantically. Remember, you can see as far as the eye can see, only sand, there's nothing. He loses all hope. He finds a, a shade by another shrub and he, he sits down and he's preparing for death. There's nothing else he can do. So either he sits down by the shade or he walks, but he's going to die anyway. 
So he loses all hope, he sits down, and he dozes off. When he comes to, he sees that his camel is in front of him. He finds his camel again. It's, it's right there in front of him. All of his food, all of his provisions, his water, everything's there. Imagine the joy that this person is feeling. It's like he's been giving life again. Allah gave him another life. Because he was prepared for death. He had accepted his fate. He, he had accepted the fact that he would die. But now he's so happy. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says in the hadith that out of extreme joy, he's, he was trying to say, Oh Allah, I'm your slave and you are my Rabb. And he was, he was so happy that he says, Oh Allah, you are my slave and I'm your Rabb. Of course, that's forgiven. He was so happy that he confused the statement. So Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is more happy than this person when one of his slaves turns back to him. When someone, one of us, when we decide that I'm going to leave a sin, I'm going to start doing some good actions, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala likes this more and he's more happy than this person who got his life back. Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is always calling us to turn back to him. And as we know, as we near the end of the month of Rajab and we go closer to Sha'ban, we know that Ramadan is looming. Ramadan is coming. And this is a month which Nabi Sallallahu would prepare for from before. Almost two months before Ramadan, Nabi Sallallahu is preparing for it. And this is the Rasul of Allah Sallallahu the greatest of the creation of Allah. The one who's never committed a sin. The one that we are told to adhere to his way, to follow him in, in his sunnah. The one who brought the Qur'an to us. He's preparing for this month. Let us ask ourselves, what does the Rasulullah have to prepare? But still, Nabi for almost the entire month of Sha'ban, the month that is to come, the lunar month, he's fasting. And there's many narrations in which the Sahaba say that we have not seen Nabi fasting so much except in Ramadan than he did in Sha'ban, practically the whole month. And this is in preparation for Ramadan. So we need to ask ourselves, what are we doing for this preparation? What a'mal are we starting? How can I turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I don't want to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the end of Ramadan. Because then I would deprive myself of all of the barakah and the blessings and the goodness that there is to be had during Ramadan. Let us turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before Ramadan even comes. Let us prepare for this month so that we can enjoy all of the 29 or 30 nights and days that we have of Ramadan. We don't know if it's going to be 29 or 30. We pray, we should make this dua that it's 30. I know some of us are making dua that it's only 29, one last day of fasting. But we should ask Allah to make it a 30 night, a 30 day month. It's more barakah, it's more blessings. And the a'mal and good deeds that we carry out in Ramadan can never be equated outside of Ramadan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He calls us back to Him. There's this verse in Surah Al-Hadid. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَلَمْ يَأْنِ لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَن تَخْشَعَ قُلُوبُهُمْ لِذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَمَا نَزَلَ مِنَ الْحَقِّ Has the time not come for those who believe in Allah to turn back to Allah, to feel the, the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for their hearts to humble themselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to the remembrance of Allah to the revelation of Allah. Has the time not come for us to turn back to Allah? Notice in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking to believers. 
He's saying, hasn't the time come for those who are already Muslim to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? He's not addressing the mushrikeen or the kuffar. He's addressing you and I. Meaning that there are times in our lives where we step away from the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are times, we have ups and downs. We have certain moments where we're doing more a'mal, we have a fervor to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're enjoying our salah, our donations, our fasting, our recitation of Qur'an. But there are also times where we find it difficult. We're waking up for Salatul Tahajjud or Salatul Fajr, we find it difficult. There are those times. And this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us in this ayah, He's saying, isn't the time come? If you are in this very long period of time where you're not feeling good about your a'mal, you're not enjoying your good actions, you don't feel your heart connected in salah or fasting. It's just a burden for us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, hasn't the time come for us to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to accept what He says in the Qur'an, to do the dhikr of Allah, to remember Him? And this is the, the opportune moment. Let it not happen in the middle or the end of Ramadan. Let it be now. We can start doing something now to prepare so that when Ramadan comes, we are in our prime. And that is the ideal situation. We want to be in our prime on the first night of Ramadan. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves it when we do a'mal and He also loves it when we prepare for Ramadan because this is a sunnah. This is what Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did. So it's highly encouraged that we fast as much as we can. We don't have to fast the entire month of Sha'ban. If some feel that they can, are capable of that, they want to do that, they have the fervor, then they can. However, for the vast majority, it's quite difficult. So we can start fasting a little bit, inshallah, dispersed throughout the rest of this month and then the next month as well, in preparation for the month of Ramadan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He lets us know in the Qur'an that ibadah and worship is the purpose of our creation. Why has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created you and me? What is our purpose in being alive? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says it in many verses. In Surah Al-Mulk, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَانِ Allah has created life and death to test you to see who does the best action. That's why Allah created life and death. It is not for us to have a family. It is not for us to have a career. It is not for us to be physically fit. It is not for us to see the, the entire world. Although all of these things are good. All of these things are recommended that we do. However, the purpose that we are alive, Allah says that he, the purpose why He created life and the purpose why He created death is to see who does the best actions. We are to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He wants to see. We have to show Him what we can do. It's like when you have little children and you tell them, we want to see who's the fastest. There's a race. Race to the door. Let's see who's the fastest. And then they try their best. They know it's short. They, they just have to run right there. And then they race one another. And they try their best. So we want to see who does their best. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to see which one of us can do their best. And the problem is that we forget that this life is so short. It's just like running to the door over there. It's very short. We have to try our best. We have to sprint. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Dhariyat, Allah, Flee and run as fast as you can. Sprint to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The word 
Firar or Fafiru, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, sprint to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the purpose of life. We are all in a sprint. But some of us, we've taken a break. We've decided that I'm really tired, let me just sit down here. While others are passing us by. So this is a sprint, we have to try our best. And yes, there are ups and downs, because it's a long sprint, a seemingly long sprint. But there are certain periods of times, there are certain times where we have to go a little bit faster. We have to push ourselves a little bit more. This is one of those times. We have to start pushing ourselves. Because if we don't, that moment is going to finish. Ramadan doesn't wait for us, unfortunately. Ramadan doesn't say that, okay, you're at your prime and your peak, let me come right now so that you can have a great Ramadan. It comes when it comes and we have to accommodate Ramadan. It is our guest. We are not Ramadan's guest. It comes to our doorstep. And we need to be ready for the guests when they come. In one hadith narrated by Imam al-Bukhari, Anas radiallahu anhu, he reports that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, so this is a hadith Qudsi, إِذَا تَقَرَّبَ الْعَبْدُ إِلَيَّ شِبْرًا تَقَرَّبْتُ إِلَيْهِ ذِرَاعًا وَإِذَا تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ ذِرَاعًا تَقَرَّبْتُ مِنْهُ بَاعًا وَإِذَا أَتَانِي يَمْشِي أَتَيْتُهُ هَرْوَلًا It's a very beautiful hadith which outlines and highlights the love that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has for each one of us. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, When my slave comes to me, a hand span. A hand span is how much we can fit in our hands. When my slave comes to me this much, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I go to him a dhira'. A dhira is an arm. So if we do this much of goodness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will come to us more. Meaning he will reward us more. He will give us tawfiq to do more. He will give us the, the, the capability. And the, he, he will make us desire to do more a'mal. More than what we deserve. So the rewards that we get, we know in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, If you do one good deed, Allah will give you ten for it. So in this hadith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, If you come to me a little bit, I'll come to you a lot. And if we come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a hand span, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will come to us double hand span. This doesn't mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is physically going to come to us. It means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is going to enshroud us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love is going to be felt in our hearts. We will desire to do these a'mal more. We just have to make the first effort. In this hadith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the first effort comes from us. When my slave comes to me, a hand span. We have to make that first step. We have to do the first amal. Inshallah, Allah will reward us with more tawfiq, the capability of doing more. And the reward and the mercy and the love will come. But we need to decide, make that first decision, that niyyah, that intention, that I'm going to change my life from today. And in the end, he says, yamshi If my slave comes to me walking, meaning we're taking small steps, we're avoiding the sin, a sin is a step backward, we're avoiding the sin, and we're doing the fara'id, the necessities, all of the things that we have to do, our five times salah, we're paying our zakah, we fast in Ramadan, we're taking slow steps, baby steps towards Allah. When this happens, this is not a small thing. Allah says, when my slave comes to me walking, I will go to my slave running. Allah will cut his mercy, his love, his khayr, the goodness, it'll flood in our lives. And then the desire to do more will come, inshallah. And then we will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy filling our lives and spreading to those around us as well. 
our lives will become better, our work lives will become better, our family lives will become become better, inshallah ta'ala. This is a very beautiful hadith Qudsi that Rasulullah narrated by Imam al-Bukhari. In a few ayahs, in Surah At-Tawbah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He talks about the relationship between Lord and slave, between Allah and between us. Allah says, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us an incentive. He doesn't have to. Allah ta'ala doesn't need to give us any incentive. The only incentive is I've been created by Him. He says worship Him. I must worship Him. That's all. However, despite that out of His rahmah, His mercy, His love for us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still gives incentives. He says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ اشْتَرَى مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ أَنفُسَهُمْ وَأَمْوَالَهُمْ بِأَنَّ لَهُمُ الْجَنَّةِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has purchased from the believers something. Allah has purchased something from us. Meaning we have something to sell. We have something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be happy about. What are those things? Allah has purchased from the believers themselves and their wealth. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has purchased from us ourselves. How, how do we give ourselves to Allah? We have to make this conscious decision though. Am I someone who is going to sell themselves to Allah? Am I someone who is going to sell my wealth to Allah? That is a decision I have to make. Because no one can force you into a transaction. That's not how transactions work. Not in Islam at least. We don't force people into transactions. It doesn't count. It's not valid. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that He bought from the believers themselves and their wealth. We have to make that decision. What do you get though? What do you get when you decide that I'm going to give myself, my physical body is for Allah? And as we see in the Quran, in the end of a lengthy chapter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, quoting one of the Anbiya, إِنَّ الصَّلَاةِ وَنُسُكِ وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ وَبِذَلِكَ أُمِرْتُ وَأَنَا أَوَّلُ الْمُسْلِمِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands the Anbiya, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to say, قُلْ إِنَّ الصَّلَاةِ Say, my salah, وَنُسُكِ and my ibadah and my, my rituals of worship, وَمَحْيَايَ وَمَمَاتِ and my life and my death لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ is for Allah. Allah owns it. I have given it to him. لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ He has no partner. وَبِذَلِكَ أُمِرْتِ And I've been commanded to, to display this message. This one Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam brought. وَأَنَا أَوَّلُ الْمُسْلِمِينَ I am the first amongst the believers. So this is what Allah wants from us. He wants our bodies. He wants our ibadah. He wants our ikhlas. That we don't focus on anything other than Allah. Before we start our salah, some of us know this dua. It's called the dua of tawajju, of focusing. That we, we say that, إِنِّي وَجَّهْتُ وَجِهِ لِلَّذِي فَطَرَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ حَنِيفًا وَمَا أَنَا مِنَ الْمُشْرِكِينَ I have turned my attention. إِنِّي وَجَّهْتُ وَجِهِ I turn my face, my attention, my ikhlas, my ibadah, my focus. To the individual, to the one, the sole being who has created the heavens and the earth. Hanifan. In the state that I do not turn to anyone other than him. He is my sole protector. He is my sole friend. He is my everything. And I do not do shirk. I focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what Allah wants. Allah has purchased your lives, your, your bodies, and Allah has purchased all of your wealth. And if you make a conscious decision to give it to Allah, 
Then Allah says, They will have Jannah. These are the people who get Jannah. These are the people who will be happy forever. Who made that conscious decision. When we say, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah, we enter into this transaction. We are the lovers of Allah. This is what the kalima means. I will love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I will love His Rasul. I will love His deen. I will not be compromising of my deen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions their sifat in this beautiful ayah in Surah Tawbah, verse 111. These are the, the Sahaba. They fight for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some of them die in the process, some of them, they fight for Allah. Allah has given them this promise in the Torah, in the Injil, and in the Quran. And this is the ayah in the Quran. The promise of Allah, you will have Jannah if you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala everything, if you enter into this transaction, you will have Jannah. This is a promise of Allah. Who fulfills contracts more than Allah? Who is more fulfilling of their promises than Allah? If a human being can fulfill a promise, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is more rightful of fulfilling his promise. If you went into this transaction, you, you have fulfilled this transaction, you've entered into this with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, congratulations to you. Be happy, rejoice. Alhamdulillah. If we die right now, inshallah, we're all going to Jannah. Of course, there's going to be hisab, but we have this key element. We have the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bashara, congratulations to those who have entered into this transaction with this bay'ah, with this agreement. And Allah says at the end of the ayah, this is true success. If you want to know what success is, you want to know what life is all about, this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made us. This is what Allah wants from us. He wants everything. It's not a small bargain. It's not a small deal. But Jannah is not something small either. Eternal life and bliss and happiness is not something small. It's something great and grand. And in fact, it's more valuable than what we have to give. But this is what it takes. We need to make this conscious decision that I will turn to Allah my salah, my ibadah, my life and my death is for Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He tells us to turn to Him continuously. And the Prophet also warns us that this life is very short. And another very beautiful metaphor that the Prophet makes, He says, which is narrated by Imam al Tirmidhi, Man khafa adlaj, wa man adlaj balag al manzil. In the time of Rasulullah people would travel on foot, they would also travel by conveyance. The road was very long, the traveling road. It was very dangerous, there was bandits, people would not travel by night. So Rasulullah is saying, in that context, if a person fears that they will not reach their destination in time, then they will be brave enough, courageous enough, and daring enough to travel by night. Only then. Otherwise, you don't usually travel by night. It's not safe. If someone fears, they travel by night. If someone does travel by night, if they rush, they will reach the destination. Is Nabi just talking to us about traveling? There's something more deeper about this hadith. This is a metaphor. 
Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa is saying, those of us who have been sent to this dunya, all of us, we're traveling. This is a metaphor. Even if you sit in one space and you never go out of the U.S., you are on a, on a journey. You're traveling. And those who fear that they will not reach that destination. What is our destination? The pleasure of Allah. The happiness of Allah. Our destination is Jannah. Those who fear, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if you know my, my good actions are more than my bad actions. Do I have ikhlas in my good actions? Was it done only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Even if I did a lot, even if I donated a lot, even if I'm always praying and performing salah and siyam, is it really for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? They fear, they think about this. They do not become complacent. They do not feel like I've done a lot. They're humbled because of the, the fear of lack of ikhlas. Those are the ones who fear. And so what do they do? They, they go on this dangerous journey. They start rushing. And this comes back to Rush to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They start rushing. They say, no, I need to do more a'mal. This is not enough. Okay, I did the five times salah. Let me add a little bit more. Let me do the sunnahs. Let me add a little bit more. Maybe there's no ikhlas there. Let me boost it up with some nawafil. Okay, I'm doing some salah. Let me start the tahajjud. Okay, let me start doing the dua. Okay, let me start fasting. Mondays, Thursdays. I can handle a little bit more. Let me do salam dawood. They start doing more and more and more. They fear. It's not that I'm better than the next person. It's that I'm, I'm worse. I'm worse than the next person. This is what they believe and this is what they feel. And so they start doing more and more a'mal. They're afraid. They're not going to make it. Those who fear, they rush. And those who rush will reach the destination. And then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, Ala inna sil'atallahi ghaliya. Pay attention to this fact that the merchandise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is expensive. Don't think it's cheap. The merchandise of Allah, Allah has some merchandise. He has something that He's given you for what you are given back to Him. It's not cheap though. Don't think you can enjoy your life and do everything you want and follow all of your desires. And forego all of the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and get this merchandise. What is the merchandise of Allah? Pay attention. The sil'ah of Allah, the merchandise of Allah, it's Jannah itself. It's not cheap. We have to rush. This is not only the special slaves of Allah, it's all of us. We are more deserving of rushing than they are. They are those who don't sin and they, they turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We've been sinning all our lives. When are we going to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So the message is that Sha'ban is coming up and then Ramadan comes. Let us prepare in Sha'ban. Let us make a wird, a type of amal that we do on a daily basis. Other than the five times salah, other than the, the fara'id, let's do something extra for Allah. We don't have to share it with other people. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will know this. And we will tell Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our du'as, Oh Allah, I've done this. This, is, this was for you. And as long as we keep it a secret, inshallah, it is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let us not speak about our amal to other people. And let us prepare for the month of Ramadan. Let's have that first night of Ramadan where I'm ready. I'm, I've already fasted so much in Sha'ban that I'm not tired anymore. You know, what usually happens, and I'm speaking from my, my own experience, first night of Ramadan, weary, tired, hungry, headache, very difficult. Only in the last week of Ramadan, then you're like, oh, I wish Ramadan started now. I'm enjoying Ramadan, fasting is not hard for me. Well then if we just follow the sunnah of Rasulullah we could have that. We could have a beautiful Ramadan. 
We can get used to it in Sha'ban, and then when Ramadan comes, every night is Laylatul Qadr for us. Not just those last 10 nights. So let us make this intention. This is the time, inshallah. Of course, we're going to be speaking more about Ramadan as the weeks come. But from now, let's, let's start making a program. I want to do these nawafil, these extra acts of ibadah. I want to recite Quran or learn how to recite Quran. I want to wake up a little bit early, pray a little bit tahajjud before Fajr. I want to make some dua. It's just me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to develop this connection. And if we don't do it now, when are we going to do it? So many people passed away this year who, of course, they didn't know they were going to pass away. So how do we know that we're going to get another Ramadan? We don't even know if this Ramadan is given to us. So let us prepare, inshallah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq. We ask Allah to forgive and overlook our sins. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of his mercy to give us Jannah. As we all know, we don't deserve it. Thank you.